Hello and welcome to The Outerview on RTE Radio 1 Extra with myself, Alan Swan, a show all about the art of media interviewing. Our guest today is broadcaster and writer Dan Hegarty. You'll be familiar with Dan's work on RTE 2FM over the last couple of years. You can check out more about Dan on 2FM.ie. We're at Eurosonic in Holland, one of Europe's most popular and most important events for new music. And Dan over the years has interviewed a whole host of musical artists, uh, writers, songwriters and bands and has been coming to Eurosonic for over 10 years. In this podcast we talk about the environment you do your interviews in, uh, the many people that Dan has interviewed over the years and the art of interviewing bands. The Outerview on RT Radio 1 Extra. So we're on a train um, heading toward, where are we on, actually Dan Hegarty's here with me who's the, who, who we're talking to because I wanted to talk to somebody about the art of interviewing bands and I don't think, bar Dave Fanning who's been a guest on the show before, I don't think there's been uh, anyone close that comes to say Dave Fanning that has interviewed as many bands as our next man who's Dan Hegarty. Well I haven't interviewed a fraction of uh, as many acts as Dave has. Um, as where we are, last time I looked we were near a place called Zwolle. Uh, and, oh yeah, that's that's where we're coming into next. Or have we just left? I'm not Is sure. Zwolle or Zwolle? Zwolle, I believe. Okay. I believe. I could be wrong, but uh, that's, I think, where we are. Hang on, what time? No, that's the next stop there. But, um, and we're also uh, joined by uh, Ivan from Diffusion Labs, who you would know from uh, with artists such as Soleil, Jafaris, Days, who we play quite a lot of on 2FM which is my day job, uh, but this is for the Outerview podcast, uh, which is all about the art of media interviewing and interviewing rock bands is what Dan Haggerty does for a living. Rock bands, that's even well, ro- so Sorry, ro- well, that's, no, because I was talking about Dave Fanning, so like rock bands, but like it's everybody from urban to dance to, well, music just in general. Just music, I mean, I, I don't know about, about, you, about you, I'm sure you're the same, in fact, I know you're the same, you're just a fan of music. It doesn't matter what style or what it sounds like, if you like it, you like it, so... I don't know. I've always, I've always wanted to know why or how stuff has come come to be. Like you hear a song, he's gone. I don't necessarily want to know the meaning of it, but I want to know where did that come from. Like where that guitar hook, where that where that beat come from. And what was the first song that when you got that itch and you wanted to scratch it? Uh, God bless that person sneezing. When you when when you got that itch, what was the song that that you went? Oh, that's this is where the interest is coming from. I don't know, to be quite honest. There's lots of songs I heard as a kid um, that I really liked. I think uh, uh, when I was when I was really getting into music, it was um, MTUSA, Top of the Pops. Uh, a little bit later was Dave Fanning. That's when I got, kind of got seriously into into music. So he, he's to blame. But I guess in between those, my my sister who's a few years older than me, got, got into like bands like An Emotional Fish and Something Happens and Power Dreams. And um, so I'd hear all this uh, this music through 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 the wall. It was her bedroom was next door to mine. And I remember just kind of thinking, that sounds a little bit more real than what I was listening to at the time. And uh, I kind of wanted to kind of find a little bit more out about it. So I kind of, you know, I... I, I stopped my my subscription to smash hits and i i in its place came melody maker and nme and hot press and, and i guess from just reading interviews with you know there's people like bill graham who's an amazing interviewer like i mean you you wouldn't necessarily even understand some of the uh, points he was making but you'd get you'd understand them a few articles later <laughs> you know, or at least i didn't at the time um 
you had other people like Olaf Toranson who still is a great interviewer and so kind of through them and through through, through Dave Fanning and a number of other people and Dave McGrath uh, uh, a friend of ours and I listened to them and I learned and I just I, I listened to them chatting to people and uh, I just found that fascinating and I said I'd love to have a go with that and when you decided to have a go with that do you remember your first interview? Yeah. Well, it was one of three. I did have a go at interviewing a guy who'd won a school singing contest in a school in Bray, and uh, I can't really remember much about the interview other than it was dreadful. Even he was bored looking. I just panicked. I think I lost around a, like a liter of, of a perspiration, but. Around the same time, I interviewed Leslie Dowdall, who was uh, my sister, was a friend of his his brother, still are to a certain extent, and uh, and uh, she arranged like my sister arranged. Oh, you should meet Leslie, and she she she'd let you interview her, and she was cool. She was really nice, and again terrified. And then I interviewed Dennis O'Brien as well. <laughs> There's a mix. There was a, quite a mix, uh, all around the same time. Right. And uh, they're all very nice, but I think my, my questions were just just shamefully bad. So after your business interview with Dennis O'Brien, you decided, no, maybe actually music interviewing is for me. No, he was cool. He was really interesting because he was, he was, his main kind of focus at the time, I think, was 98 FM. Yeah. So and he was really nice and really interesting and uh, very, very amusing as well. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, that, that was one that I certainly remember. But after that, I don't know what came after. There probably a load of, load of bands, a lot of artists that aren't around anymore. I was really kind of into what was going on in Ireland, which and I still am. Um, but I started when I went to gigs. If I saw a band I liked, I'd, I'd track them down through the through the hot press yearbook, and uh, usually interviewed them in some very noisy pub or cafe, and uh, not be able to hear quite what they were saying back to me. So there, there's a lesson in that because the environment and where, because a lot of your interviews that you do will be studio based. So I presume the environment for, because part of this podcast is for people who are media students or for um, even seasoned professionals, but the environment of where you're doing these interviews are very important. Like for instance, doing it on a train heading to Eurosonic, it's not actually, it's, it's actually a nice environment here, but um, that's important. It's, well, it's a very quiet train in fairness. Um, yeah, well, it depends, though, because let's say if you're doing something, let's say if you're doing a documentary or something like that, you don't want everything to be just studio, kind of very clinical type of clean sound. You want a bit of variation, and you don't necessarily want to have to manufacture that all the time. Sometimes you just want it to, to, to happen naturally. And also, your surroundings can dictate the interview you're doing as well. Like I, I did an interview with them, with uh, a, 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 an artist we were talking about earlier on, Book of Shade and Craig Walker, just before uh, Forbidden Fruit Festival. And it was in the hotel just beside the, the site. And as I started recording, this guy walked by and went, ah, Book of Shade, deadly. I'm waiting to see you later on. They're going, ah, brilliant. So that was the start of the interview. And it just sounded, it just sounded, it sounded fun. They were laughing. Yeah. Uh, and little things like that, that's not going to happen in the studio. So you've got to maybe kind of look at different locations and look at them as to why they might work or why they might not. I suppose, do you find that some that bands, artists, songwriters, they're a, 
they're difficult interviews sometimes because of the nature of their work that sometimes you know you can get certain personalities that love the bit of limelight but it's a different case if you're trying to say talk to a singer-songwriter that mightn't necessarily be in it for that they're in it for music really and is it difficult sometimes to, to do those type of interviews sometimes but it's like a conversation sometimes you click with people sometimes you don't and uh, that has a lot to do with it as well I think um, having a microphone in your face or a camera in your face can be pretty pretty daunting because when you think about it, some people who sing or make music, they're... Uh, There's a gentleman here selling some nice confectionery. Hello, how's it going? How are you? Good. Yeah, no problem at all. It's quite the backpack. Um, but yeah, but it's not handy, isn't it? Just to describe the gentleman that walked by there, if you're ever at like a concert, you know the guys that go around with the, the beer strapped to their back? He's basically going around with Twixes and Moro's strapped to his back. Anyway, sorry. He has the biggest utility belt I've ever seen in my life. It's huge. It's very impressive. Anyway, back to the art of media interviewing. <laughs> um, um, <clears throat> yeah, some people get into music or whatever their art is just because of that, as, as he said. And to articulate it in words is, is pretty difficult. Um, and you have to kind of appreciate that. And there's also shyness shyness is a big thing lots of people are shy and uh, find it just difficult to kind of to talk about stuff and they don't necessarily want to and um, so yeah it does lots lots of different things but i think when you go into an interview conversation you go in and you be as optimistic as you can about it and you take from 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 it what you can like one of my favorite interviews that i've ever done was with mark lanigan it lasted around four minutes. His, in, his answers were short, succinct. But when I listened back to it, there's nothing I could have added to it. Uh, and it was great. Uh, I, I, lo- I loved it. I don't know if it was a great interview. I certainly enjoyed it. But it was short and, and to the point. And sometimes it's like conversations with people. You, you have them and they're over quickly, but they're fine. Yeah, you need to get to the point. Yeah. Exactly, which I was struggling to there. No, 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 you did. No, you, you were very succinct and you got to it. I, I suppose what's very interesting about you is that it's not just radio interviews that you've done. You're an author of, of the Buried Treasure series um, of your of your music um, anthology. Have I, got, I got the title right, didn't I? Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, well, first, the way you looked at me there for a second, I thought no, it was... No, no, was no, going, I, said, was, I think there was a bird flew by. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was like, it's not, it's hid, is it hidden treasure? But Buried Treasure, I suppose, when you're doing the research for the book, what's your... How, t- tell us about how you prepare for interviews or how you're doing your research. Because you strike me as somebody who's fairly meticulous when it comes to that. Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, it's it's like anything else. Like, you, you, you have a format. Certainly with, with something like a book or a documentary... You, you have a format that you you stick to as much as you can um, so it's kind of putting those putting a book together I think and I mean you've done it yourself too so it's kind of a, it's a mechanical thing really I, I, I found um, albeit I think if I'd known what it was like to do radio documentaries which I'm really into now I probably wouldn't have bothered doing a book at all because it's a lot less awesome. uh, so uh, but yeah I mean it was it was interesting it was um, I don't know I don't know if I'd do it again now but sure. 
not, not anytime soon. But it was certainly, you had to be very organised. I mean, that was the thing that struck me about it, going, wow. You have to be exceptional. We're under a bridge now, just if, if the sound has changed. Yeah, actually, my ears went kind of, we must be going really fast because my ears went to pop like you're in an airplane. So we're in a train that's going as fast as an airplane right now. This could be our final interview, Dad. I hope not. Yeah, okay. I hope not. That's why they call it Eurosonic, probably. Perhaps. I hadn't right. thought about that. I hadn't <laughs> okay, thought about that. <laughs> it's bringing new insights to the festival. But yeah, you just have to be pretty organised when you're putting together anything that there's a lot of elements to or. Uh, you know, you have to speak to a lot of people. You have to have some sort of plan. It's like taking a journey. You look at a map, you look at a sat-nav to know where you're going first. And it'll take you there. Who gets it right? So you mentioned the past, so people like, you know, the, the hot press alumni really, that, that, you know, people like the Bill Grahams of the world, Olaf, Jackie Hayden, all those type of people from, from back then. And Olaf actually still now, so yeah. well, I was going to be retiring nice. Olaf. But um, who, who gets it really right now, these days? Who do you kind of turn to? Is there any podcasts or shows that, or, or, or journalists that you really, really admire and think people should check out? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird. Uh, blogging was such a big thing around seven or eight years ago. And that's kind of... I, maybe it's just changed in the terminology, but I still think someone like Nyler, Nyler Nine, I don't know where, he must have 26 hour days, because I don't know where he gets his time. He, he's very, very up to date with stuff. I, 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 I'm, you, you can't fault the guy, he's just got, gets through so much music. And he's generally right about stuff. Um, I mean, I love, I still love listening to some of the, the, the stuff that Triple J does in Australia. Some of their, their J-Files things are phenomenal, the, the level of work that goes into them. But I mean, to be honest, if you're into anything, like I mean, I'm obviously into music, read it, you'd, I'd read stuff on the back of a beer mat if I could, any way that I'm gonna come across something I might like, which I might like to just listen to at home, or I might l listen for the show. That's the way I do it, any number of things. And you can't limit yourself to going, I'm only listening to that, I'm only listening to this. I always have like when I'm in studio I always have tweet deck open and like I'm I'm just making notes and stuff. Check that out, check that out, check that out. So Twitter still after all these years. Yep. Twitter still after all these years is such a big way for, for me finding out about music. So as to who on that, God, I could give you a very, very long list. Um, it's it's great though. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think of specific people. Maybe we'll come back to this. Yeah, well, we can add it to the show notes later on. Um, we are we're coming. I think we're coming into Zvala. Zvala. We're coming into Zvala. Actually, let's talk about Eurosonic for for a minute. Let's go off on a small tangent. What is Eurosonic? Because actually, we, we were myself and Ivan were just saying there should have been a, a kind of a, a party to greet you because this is your tenth year coming to this event. So, what is Eurosonic? Eurosonic is a new music festival that takes place in the city of Groningen. I haven't quite got the pronunciation of that city right yet. I'm working on it, maybe 10 years down the line I can. It happens every January. And uh, when we say new music, new music uh, would be, let's say, bands like uh, 
Walking on Cars won in, uh, were playing last year, uh, Sole is playing this year. If you're in Ireland, Sole may not be a new artist, but to a lot of people that will be at this festival, let's say people in the UK and the, the Netherlands and Germany, she might may well be a new new artist. So And Ivan, to get your get your plug in, so if, if people want to listen to Sole, where what what's your diffusion lab website? www.diffusionlab.ie There you go, get the plugs in, get the plugs in. Um, so it's where media, bookers, music fans go to just check out what potentially is going to be big in Europe uh, next year. Okay, we have to get our tickets out, okay. the lady can remove tickets. So. I might or might not edit this out. Hi. Morgen. How are you? I'm fine, you? Yeah, I'm not too bad at all. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Dutch people are so polite. They're actually vanilla, yeah, genuinely very nice. Um, so, it takes place in, in the city of Groningen. Um, essentially, around 400 acts play in the space of three days and there's all sorts of panel discussions and there's the, the, the industry side of it too where you can have any number of different things, any number of different topics covered. Uh, I mean one year there, I was on a panel that with the relationship between uh, radio and record labels which I described as they're like at times they're like squabbling children that's very true <laughs> it's totally true you know better better than most um, um so it's uh, it's different from let's say a lot of people would say oh festivals summer uh, autumn electric picnics sunshine tents it's not that at all this is in a city it's winter obviously and it's just happening in venues all over the city so you're going from let's say an old theater to maybe uh, uh, tent or a marquee somewhere else in the city and you're seeing all sorts of different people you might see a beatboxer you might see a rock band you might see a, a, a troubadour singer songwriter you really don't know what you're going to see and it's uh, that's the whole beauty of it yeah and this is your 10th year yeah yeah who, who would have thought um yeah and it's th this year i'm really looking forward to actually it's um it's got I don't know if it's got slightly bigger, but certainly the diversity has got is has kind of it, it's broadened again, and I think that's just just the way music is these days. I think certainly in Ireland there's a lot more diversity, and I think worldwide there is too. People are, I think we're a curious bunch us humans, and we want to discover and kind of uh, try and try and break molds and things like that. So I think I think this year is going to be really really special. I hope it is. Okay, so for people that want to find out more about your good self, Dan, and to maybe purchase a copy of your book, where should they go? Um, well, you can f I guess the easiest way to, to kind of find out about me is just on Twitter. It's at Tall Dan Hegarty. As the book, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think it's I think it's sold out at this stage. But That's good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you <laughs> well, know. a good complaint. Um, it's probably on Amazon. It, it may well be yeah. on Amazon. Um, but, I mean, and you could also tune in to, to 2FM every... Uh, Sunday to Thursday at 10 p.m. Very good, Dan Hegarty. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, and thanks for Ivan as well for for joining in as well for Diffusion Lab. <laughs> Off to Eurosonic we go. 
Dan Hegarty there, my guest on The Outerview on RTE Radio 1 Extra. You can find out more about The Outerview on rte.ie forward slash Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, I'll talk to you soon.